Hello, and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, we bring you my conversation with artist Viana Novis McGee about redefining success. We talk about rest, vulnerability, and learning to live daily life on our own terms. We discuss postpartum motherhood, living with PTSD, and accessing grace and compassion for ourselves. Before we begin, I want to send a huge thank you to our newest Patreon subscriber, Katie Osborne. If you've enjoyed our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash moonwise. Thank you so much. Okay, on with our show. Fiana Novis McGee is a queer mother and artist based in Ojai, California. Her content and creations pull from her experience living with complex PTSD and the journey she's taken to reclaim pleasure and purpose in her life. Her approach to life and work is focused on getting to the core essence of what each individual needs and wants, then building systems to support that unique expression of life. Their Redefining Success Journal is a tool that brings the feeling of accomplishment to everyone, flipping the story of success from a static cultural projection to a fluid personal experience. It focuses on guiding people to understand what their current capacity is and how to scope goals to meet that space. Hi, Viana. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really so excited to be here. I'm really um, looking forward to this conversation because you explore a lot of incredible topics in your work and your most recent offering to the world is your Redefining Success journal, which goes into a lot of really interesting thoughts, ideas, and practices around how we define success in our culture, as well as ideas around consent and boundaries. You know, you're an incredible mother and partner and artist and thinker and also someone who's raising their child in a kind of gender neutral space. And so there's so much to cover with you, but um, I'd love to, yeah, just start by um, talking to you a bit about what sparked the idea for this redefining success journal and and what what is it? How would you define it? Great. And first let me start by saying thank you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for all of your reflections and really just so touched to hear all of that. It's really it feels like rest to be seen and to be heard and I'm just really grateful. So this journal started from my experience postpartum and it didn't start as a journal. It just started as survival. And that was, it was really from that place of just trying to be okay myself. So I got a septic blood infection eight days postpartum and, you know, coming that close to the edge of life not only does it shift capacity, I mean, my, my physical body after that and in the process of that could do very little. Staying alive was my main objective. <laughs> and, and then even once I wasn't in that critical space, it was um, my capacity was so limited. It just getting up and getting out of bed was big, massive work. I couldn't even get dressed 
for weeks after getting sick and, and, you know, pretty much doing anything was just off the table. And then adding into the mix, the fact that I have complex PTSD, which was really also heightened from my experience being in labor. I labored at and gave birth at home and, um, had a really beautiful space, but the internal sensations of labor were very triggering for me and brought back a lot of trauma, um, having lived through a lot of sexual trauma in my life. And so it was a, a deep internal triggering. So I was already in this really heightened space. My nervous system was really wound up, um, even that first week before I got sick and, um, and then when I got sick, it was just kind of compounding on all of this. So as I started to find my way back into my body and into the moment and into my role as a mother and into my um, experience as a person, I needed to shift my perspective of what success was because that was becoming this crippling weight on top of this already really difficult experience. And it was just really hard mentally to to get through a day. It was definitely one of the most vulnerable times, I would say, mentally, um, which I know you can relate to that, just how delicate that period is. I mean, wow. Even here, like I, I've heard so many stories about postpartum before going through it. And it just, I just had no idea how deep that was going to be and how really like it is, it is on another level, um, what we go through as parents after giving birth hormonally in our bodies. It's so much. And, and I could feel my mind going to dangerous places and it was really scary and really, startling. And the thing that was most startling to me was the the depth of apathy that I felt. That was really foreign to me. Like I thought it would be like, oh, I'm having really bad thoughts and I'm like wanting to hurt myself or wanting to hurt the baby. And, and it wasn't any of that. It was just like such a deep sense of not caring about anything. And it was just like this total shutdown, a void of, of apathy. And that was really startling to me. So I started to just create a little internal practice to kind of anchor myself into my body and to feel something that was real. I was on this hunt to feel something and pleasure became a big road into that. And that's kind of woven into the journal in a big way. That was a, a huge piece of me finding a sense of self and worth and value in this time. Um, and as I made it through this really delicate six week period, um, and, and actually it was probably about two and a half months after giving birth that I started to sit down to write. And I wasn't writing to do anything. I was, I just needed, I needed to express myself again as somebody who creates. I was in this place where I was like, I, if I'm trying to reclaim my sense of self, I need to do the thing that feels like me and that's to create something. And if I'm not creating something, I don't even need it to be for anyone. I just need it to be for myself. If I'm not even doing that, then I don't know how to find my way back to myself. And so that's really where it started. 
And as I started just kind of sharing little bits and pieces, I saw there was this huge reaction from people and um, just on Instagram, people kind of working with the rough structure in their Instagram stories. I mean, like a little template and it was amazing to see the reaction. I was like, okay, this is really inspiring. I, I want to like put this out in a more um, impactful way as something that people can hold, they can take with them. It can be a more intimate part of their life. They don't have to be on their phone. They can share it with their friend. You know, there's something so, um, so intimate about having a book and being able to hand it over to somebody and being able to carry it with you where you go. So I, I liked that level of intimacy. And, um, so that's kind of, that's where it started. It was really just about survival for me. I remember when you shared that template on Instagram and it was a, a way for people to share what they felt was a success for them during the day. And it was simple things like I brushed my teeth, I took a walk, I made myself tea, I asked for what I need. And I remember seeing that and reading other people's entries and just thinking, wow, um, this is so needed because so much of our measurement of success is these very rigid external markers of success. And it can be really almost a violence to us uh, for those of us who may, you know, be working with chronic illness or recovering from childbirth or being homemakers, things that aren't as validated by the external patriarchal world, basically. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That, that wording was really, that really landed. It it does feel violent. It it feels, um, yeah, really violent, like an attack on the psyche and, um, yeah, that was really that's a really insightful wording. Thank you. And I'm I'm I'd love to dive in a little bit to kind of how the book is structured and some of your favorite practices that you've included um because to me it seems like such a wonderful tool for not only self-reflection but also compassion and understanding kind of like where our where our challenges are and and, and how to really decide like Hey, like this particular thing is a challenge to me, or I'd love to invite more of something in my life. And how do I actually get there in a compassionate, caring, and nurturing way instead of just beating myself up all day long? <laughs> like, why aren't I meditating? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Wow. Yeah, that's that's huge. The the grace is a big component of it because I mean, just coming from that place in myself there was already so much pain. I didn't want to add more. I really needed something joyful. So that's, that's in the core of this. Um, the, one of my favorite practices I would say is something I call emotion road mapping, and they're really simple prompts to explore, um, a topic an emotion or, um, a process that we might go through physically, emotionally, mentally. So things like disassociation and anger, um, even basic things like supporting our physical needs through water and food. My favorite one, the thing that I come back to daily, multiple times a day actually, still is rest. Um, And so the prompt for that is rest looks and feels like... um, and that reflection of what what does rest mean to me? Because rest and sleep are not the same thing. Rest can be sleep and sleep is inherently rest. Well, maybe not inherently restful. <laughs> not if you're waking up nursing all night, but, um, <laughs> or having like horrendous nightmares, you know, it's like rest, sleep can also not be restful, but 
they're they're close to each other, but they're not the same thing. And for me in that place where I was up every couple of hours nursing, my body needed sleep and it was just really kind of breaking me a bit. Uh, I, I needed to understand what rest was. How do I define rest? That exploration is absolutely one of my favorite activities in this thing. I came to things like being heard feels like rest. Um, having a cup of tea or like a warm beverage, something frothy feels like rest. Really deeply nourishing food feels like rest. Um, relaxing my jaw is a big, big piece because I hold a lot of tension in my jaw. So all these little things, you know, relaxing my jaw, that's something I can do in any moment, in any moment of tension. I can't, I might not be able to go take a nap or get in the bathtub, but I can relax my jaw. And it's restored a sense of control over things that are really out of control in a time when things were really out of control. Um, and that that has helped really give me some stability um, to move through my day. So I would say that's definitely my favorite practice. Um, and then the daily journal prompts are also founded in pleasure. So going through things like my favorite moment of the day, things I was inspired by, being able to have a log of joy, I think is really helpful because it's a way that we can we can view our day differently if we if we're looking for the inspiration there's already a different pathway in the way that we're interacting with the world and and with the people around us and also looking for that favorite moment um that really shifts things and it's it's so cool because i i've noticed since i've been doing these journal prompts that I know when I'm in my favorite moment, it just washes over me like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite moment. And then I feel so much more in that moment because it's really, it's like, wow, I love, I love this moment. This is my favorite moment today. I'm in it. I'm living it right now and I can just be here and really love it. That is, that has been really cool. Um, and, and scoping accomplishments, like what you're saying, I brushed my teeth, I, I got dressed today, um, I spoke what I needed, I received help. These little things, wow, it just really shifts um, a sense of accomplishment. So those da daily um, reflections are paired with a SMART goal setting system. SMART goal is a, SMART is an acronym. And it actually was a business um, tool used in the 80s. I think probably still used in, in some spaces, but um, it's been kind of reformed and shifted and added to a lot over the years. The way that I define it in the book is um, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. So it's you're going through each letter and you're setting... Um, a really detailed plan for yourself. And that system, I give a, you know good examples and, and prompts and stuff to work through that system. But doing that with really mundane goals, like I did that with getting dressed in the morning when I got to that point where I was like, okay, I really, I want to get dressed every day. And I needed something to make me accountable to that it helped me set some structure and say, 
okay, so what are the obstacles that are standing in front of me? What are the things that make me feel like I'm going to shut down? How can I ask for help? How can I put some structure around this goal that's quite ambiguous? And that's um, actually the example that I use in the book to show people how to use the system. But things like I'm going to set my alarm for 10 a.m. every day and that's going to be my cue to go get dressed. And, you know, the things that might stand in my way are that I'm feeling really tired or I'm cold and I don't want to get undressed. And so just trying to see those spaces and um, create as much cushion and support underneath that goal. And then it's also really great because it helped me, you know, my greater goal, it wasn't just about getting dressed. It was about feeling healthy again. It was about feeling like myself again, you know, it was much more emotional than just getting dressed. But I knew that every day putting on my pants, I was one step closer to that ultimate vision. And and that's why I love this system of goal setting because it, it lets every day be really simple, a really basic step. Just today, this is the one thing I have to do. We can get that sense of accomplishment and know that we're moving towards that greater goal on the horizon and don't need to get 10 steps ahead of ourselves or overwhelmed by this mountain that's in front of us. It's just, today I just need to put my pants on. That's it. I've done that. Check. I've been successful today. <laughs> I love that. Pants by 10. <laughs> <laughs> pants by 10. <laughs> well, what strikes me um, when you're talking about this work is the curiosity that you embrace in exploring all of this. I find it just so remarkable, your curiosity about literally redefining things like success and what, what would rest mean and what would joy feel like and, and really kind of examine our assumptions and our definitions about how we measure ourselves in almost every way. And that curiosity I'm just a, I'm a little in awe about that curiosity. Wow, thank you. That word definitely feels really uh, potent for me now and and through this whole process. It was the only way that I really knew how to come at it was with curiosity because there was nothing. Everything that I thought to be true was just falling away from me, and um, everything that I took for granted, like even this basic assumption of staying alive, is like that's not guaranteed. So now what is, what is life? What is guaranteed? Who am I? You know, all these, I think it's pretty common as we transition to parenthood that we're coming up against these questions and they're the way that we meet them is all unique certainly. But, um, it was, it's, it just struck me as a deeply, uh, it, it was deeply necessary to meet all of this with a sense of curiosity because, I had no answers for anything. Yeah. That's really remarkable because I think that's where, at least for me, that's where a lot of suffering comes in, where I've defined something in my mind as like, this is what rest looks like and I'm not getting this. And then I just fixate on that where, where what you're kind of inviting people to do is reframe that and see what can work within this, you know, for example, for me, right, like a chaotic postpartum time is like, well, what can you control? What can you work with? And maybe, maybe it's not the old definition of what, yeah, any of these things were to you before and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all of our lives are so unique as it is. It's, it's funny to me now to like step back and have gone through this process and now be looking around and like, we do bring so many assumptions to these words that we use, even 
more common words like self-care, I feel like is, is we're seeing that everywhere. And there are all these ideas about what that is and what that means and how that looks. And it can become an external pressure instead of the space where it's supposed to be just like, ah, oh, relaxing. <laughs> You know, it's like self-care inherently is supposed to be something that we're like caring for ourselves, but we're all unique people. And so what we need and what looks like care and what looks like rest and what looks like joy, it's all so different. And it, yeah, it's just really cool. Then to get to compare with people too, of like, this feels like rest for me. What does it feel like for you? And then we learn how to meet each other too in different ways of, uh, you know, I know how to care for my friends better when I know this is what brings them pleasure and joy and rest. Um, and when I, when they have that clarity, it allows me to be a better friend. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking sometimes self-care feels like a green juice and yoga, but sometimes self-care feels like a cookie and a silly Netflix show. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. I don't have to beat myself up if that's really restful for me. Yeah. It's a whole spectrum. (laughs) It's a whole spectrum. (laughs) I'm curious what the response has been since you've released the book. I know I've seen at least on Instagram that people are buying the journal and around the world they're they're enthusiastically, you know, filling out the coloring pages and sharing them publicly. And it's so, it's so surreal to me still. Like I just can't, I'm just in awe and so humbled and grateful to see the response. Um, within a week of it being out, it was in 12 countries and I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? That's amazing. The thing that's amazing to me about it is not like, I made this thing and you all like it. That's really cool. Absolutely. I'm not going to downplay that. That feels really good. I'm really grateful f- for that, like kind of the business side of things. But that's not the thing that is like most amazing to me. It's that like, this is a piece of myself, a very tender piece of myself from a time that was really isolating and um, and devastating. And to see the response is like the whole world saying, I love you and I'm with you and me too. And yeah, I feel that too. And the sense of community that's coming out around it is giving me <laughs> chills to think about what this can mean for all of us together to say, um, I, I care about myself in a way that's allowing me to show up for myself in a gentle, compassionate way, which means I get to do that for you too. Because if we're meeting ourselves with that, then there's just so much space to meet each other with that. Mm -hmm. And to see that like this thing that came out of my life and my experience could be, um, an inspiration to that is it's, it's kind of overwhelming in the most beautiful way. Um, I just am so humbled by it all people. Yeah. Just, wow. I'm, I'm really in awe this weekend. We were just doing some shows around Ojai. Um, and my husband is an illustrator and he was sharing, you know, his prints and selling his, his work. And, um, we had some copies of the journal on the table and I was in and out, you know, all day, but getting to pop in every now and then and get to talk to somebody about it and get to hear from people and get to have that like one-on-one connection and where suddenly 
this is an interaction that might have been really um, surface because, you know, it's we're at like this public event and there's all these people around and um, people are just there to shop for the holidays. And now all of a sudden we're talking about like this deep moment in my life and and then people are meeting me in that space. And so there's like, wow, just the the connection was so deep and the people that I got to interact with over the journal just this weekend, it was really blowing my mind of now we're talking about things that matter with each other and that just, yeah, it's just phenomenal. And I think the best review I've seen so far is that somebody said, um, it's like a bed, but for my head or for my mind, it's like a bed, but for my mind. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's, that is like, wow. Because we're tired, right? I mean, who isn't tired right now? I don't know. Parent or not, like people are tired right now. There's so much happening and it's, it's taxing to our adrenals and our nervous system and our bodies are just, there's just so much pressure and requirements on us right now. And that was, yeah, just such a huge compliment. I love that a bed for my mind. Don't we all need that? Especially in a time when we're all so bombarded with advertising and social media and there, there's just so few opportunities to just sit and be with ourselves and tap into where we really are and what we really want. Um, I find myself often thrown from trying to please one person to trying to please the other person. And I don't know if other people feel this way, but it's, it's really quite, it's to me, that's a a great success. If I can just tap in for a minute and breathe and just ask myself, Hey, how are you? And what, what might you need today? <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Especially being a parent where there is that constant demand to be making sure that our child or children are alive and well and have what they need. That's a whole job. That's a whole like that takes up all the space. Totally. And it's such it's so much work to like wiggle into that that tiny little sliver of space in the mind that's like oh yeah me right (laughs) Right. oh yeah I need water I need food oh exactly I was talking to another mom recently and telling her that even when I'm sleeping I'm still connected to my child and sort of sending energy his way and if he coughs I'm awake like in a second (laughs) so it's like yes I sleep but it's a little different my awareness is a lot bigger. And, you know, I'm sure other people with, you know, pets or projects or art, you know, whatever a child is to you, like, you know, you expand your awareness and you're caring for something. It is, it's totally, it seeps into the subconscious. Absolutely. I have dreams almost every night about Delu (laughs) and I'm waking up and then I'm like, okay, wait, do you need this? Do you need it? Okay. You're still sleeping. Great. (laughs) Wonderful. That was just in my mind. (laughs) Well, um, it sounds like the journal is just, it's getting spread around the world. People are excitedly working with it. And now you have other offerings on the horizon, including retreats, right? Yeah. Well, so we, I was working towards retreats and then in October, things just kind of shifted really rapidly. We signed this lease on a retail space here in Ojai in Southern California. And, um, I really love to operate under, uh, I guess an, an essentialist perspective, which is I am going to focus 
my attention on what is most essential and not try to disperse my energy to do a lot of things. So retreats are definitely on the horizon, but they're, it's a little bit more distant, like maybe late 2020. I was working on a few things for 2019, but I just pushed that all back so that we can focus on this new space that we have. Um, and I, I'm in the process right now of just really exploring what, um, what it is that I want to do next. Cause there's a lot of different mediums that I love to work in and, um, kind of where I'm at right now is that I'm, I'm going to be relaunching my website at the end of December. So by the time this airs, it will be live. People can check it out. And I'm going to have a, a blog section on there where I'm going deeper into some of these topics and, and sharing more resources and more exercises and things there. Um, and, and that will be building certainly over the next year. Um, and I have the, I have the vision to write, you know, write an article or whatever for it. And then record myself reading it because as parents, I know it can be so tough to sit down and read an article. Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's harder depending on, you know, if you've got a sleeping baby on your chest or whatever, or people just on the go, they want to listen to something when they're in the car, um, rather than, you know, sitting down to read. So kind of offering both options for people, um, I'll be sharing recipes again in the new year, which is really exciting. That's kind of picking up an old piece of myself. Um, that feels good to be reclaiming now in this new space. And, um, yeah, there's some other things, but I feel like I'm just going to hold them for now and we'll see what unfolds in 2019, but planting a lot of seeds, taking my time and, um, really focusing my energy so I'm not feeling too all over the place. Um, but there are, I would say, I feel like these next two years are going to be a big time where the past year and a half, I feel like I haven't really been doing too much publicly. I've just been, um, you know, growing this human and keeping this human alive. And no that's big been big work. No big deal. <laughs> That's been big work and I really haven't um, been been working, you know, on things outside of that relationship. So these next two years, I'm really excited to be build in a place of building right now. And I feel, again, with that same sense of curiosity, I feel curious of what it's all going to develop into. I know the direction I want to go and, and what's at the core um, in terms of message um, that I want to bring to people, which is a sense of deconstructing the shame around things like boundary setting and consent and our pleasure and um, rest and joy and how to come at that from a really mundane perspective. Like the things that we know we have to do. We know we have to go grocery shopping. We know we have to cook dinner. We know that we're going to have to set some boundaries for our families, whether or not we have kids. You know, it's just boundaries are important um, and a, an important part of everyday life. So this is where I'm coming from and how it manifests. There's, a, there's just a, a lot of things. So I feel very curious of how it's all going to form. And, um, I'm excited to see what unfolds in 2019. I think it's going to be a big, uh, a year of, 
a big show. Like for me, that a lot is going to be revealed in the next year. So all your your roots are getting strong, and then things will pop up out of the soil, and people will be like, "Wow, <laughs> this is what she's been cooking under there." The you know they say the ten year overnight success where things have been like working away and growing and growing and growing. And then when it comes out and everyone's like, whoa, look at that. That I was like, no, don't. There's been a lot of work under here. So I've been in that like under the soil doing a lot of work. And yeah, I feel like 2019 is the year where things are going to start sprouting. So Mm, exciting. One, One thing that you have made public is your challenge for 2019 that kind of relates to this idea of sharing something with the curiosity of maybe it's not perfect, but I just want to explore something. So tell us about your challenge. Yeah. So, um, it's a combination of two goals. One is to make something for myself every day. Um, that seems like a big goal, make something for myself every day, but just to, to have something for me, that's like, connected to my creativity. That's not for anyone else. It's not for money. It's not for fame. It's not for this external validation. It's just for me to be in the place of making and creating. Um, And then I'm pairing that with my goal to relearn my ancestral language, which is Italian. My family's from Sicily. So um, I used to speak Italian when I was younger and I just have lost pretty much all of it now as an adult. And now that I'm raising my babe, I really want to bring that back in and, and um, you know, have that connection to our ancestry. So I'm pairing these two things together and I've given myself a 10-minute challenge every day to draw one Italian word. So I'm going to be expanding my vo- vocabulary and taking just 10 minutes to draw something. And I have um, a digital... I have um, the Procreate app, which is amazing, and I have an iPad and a an i an Apple Pencil. So, ten minutes is actually in the scheme of things a lot of time on one of those. But it goes by quick. I've done little tests, but um, but it is compared to like sitting down with paints or charcoal or you know something like that. It, it's a lot easier to do ten minute chunks with um, a digital tool. Um, so that's my goal, and I I created a an account to share it because I think there's something really, for me, there's something really important about having, um, having some, I don't know, some weight on the other side of a goal. Like I need to be accountable to something. And it's so easy for me to set goals and then be like, Oh, I'll just, you know, whatever. If I wasn't sharing it with people, I would definitely not complete. <laughs> like I, I, I have to say that I would get to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to take that extra 10 minutes to sleep instead of waking up 10 minutes early to, to draw. So having that external um, kind of support, it feels much more like support than pressure. Um, like it feels like there are people rooting for me on the other side of like, yeah, Viana, you can do it. And that's really helpful. Um, and I've I've definitely like put it out to the community by saying like, this is probably not going to be very good. And that's the point. So, you know, I'm not trying to be a professional illustrator. I'm not trying to, you know, be the next digital artist. I'm just trying to hold myself um, accountable to my own creativity and to really make space for my creativity and to learn. You know, these are two things that are really important to me, create and learn. And um, if I can start my day there already, that feels like such a different experience of, you know, what's ahead 
that's that's already starting the day feeling like I'm connected to myself and I'm I'm you know doing something that matters for me. It doesn't matter if it matters for anyone else. It doesn't need to be good. It just is about being done and and really holding myself to creating that space. Um, so it's exciting. And I'm curious to see if anyone else gets inspired to join along and, you know, hop in at any point and just say, okay, for the rest of the year, I'm going to, you know, make something for 10 minutes or write for 10 minutes or, you know, whatever it is. I think it could be a cool way to kind of engage with each other collectively as well. Well, I'm curious if, you know, as we start to wrap up, if there's anything that feels really potent to you right now in your life or things that you would like people to know about redefining success or sort of, yeah, what you're feeling about that work at this time, what would you like people to think about or to know about that? That's such a great question. Um, it's inspired by uh, some conversation conversations I had this weekend where a lot of people were asking me, so what do you do? And um, I still feel very much like I'm in this place of um, tending to the soil, tending to the like compost of an experience. That's Things are still breaking down and opening and being nourished. And um, it's hard to answer those questions, especially when when it's happening in a quick conversation and passing or just meeting somebody, it can be really overwhelming to get that question. So what do you do? Or, uh, you know, what medium do you work in? Even like, you know, for artists, like what, what medium do you work in? It's like life. I just, uh, I'm alive. I'm a human. I work in life. (laughs) Um, so my, my response to that is to, that it's okay to not have an answer to that. It's totally okay to be in process. The process is valid and, I totally feel with social media, especially there's this pressure to have it all figured out and to have all the answers and say, this is what I do and this is who I am and here's what I make and here's, you know, my corner of, of the market or of, you know, like this is my identity. Um, and the whole concept of redefining success is being willing to turn that inside out and to just say, I don't know, I don't know. Just if you, if you find value and me as a person, like spending time, if, if spending time together feels good or if being in my presence feels good, uh, that's enough. That can be enough. It doesn't need to be more than that. And it will develop in time, especially for those who are committed to showing up and um, being in this process of meeting our lives with curiosity and really working to find our answers and find our definitions. It, it all develops. And I... I think that with the culture we have right now, with this lens we have on our lives every day, it feels like we need to be so much further ahead in our careers and our family lives and our sense of like what we have and how our life looks. And now all these intimate pieces of our world are put on display in a way they've never really been before. And it can feel like we need to oh, I got to have that, like that nicer car. And my house doesn't look like that. And everything becomes now something that we're not good enough at. And to just be in process is so valuable and to be like, yeah, this is where I am. 
this is this is it. My house is messy. There's laundry undone. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I am a person and I inherently have value and I'm doing the work to figure out what feels good for me and that will eventually lead to something. We don't know what. We don't need to know what. And I think sharing that process is actually a lot more valuable than um, than just that shiny end package. That's like, here it is. It's perfect and everything's great and I'm so successful. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's okay to be in process. Yeah. And the more we show up with each other in that space, the easier it becomes. Um, I'm reading a book right now called This is Marketing by... Seth Godin, he's written so many books on marketing. I think 18. He's amazing. Uh, but he has this line in it where he says, people like us do things like this. And he's talking about the sense of culture building and how um, we create these unspoken rules. Uh, if you commute every day on the subway, you know what the structure is. You know, you know, you're going to stand in the spot and you're going to wait and the doors are going to open and people are going to come off and then you're going to go in. Nobody told you how to do that, but you know, that's how it works. People like us do things like this. I think applying this idea to redefining success is people like us who are redefining success. We do things like this. We allow our process to be undone in process, a little messy and honest. And that's, way more valuable than um, trying to have it all wrapped up perfect. I think consistency and effort out far outweighs um, the pretty package. I love that. And people really resonate with that authenticity. I know I do. And it certainly makes me feel less alone and makes me feel like I have more permission to, yeah, not, not be this perfect tied up with a bow person, mother, wife, um, worker. So thank you for modeling that and, and sharing these tools to help us all compassionately and gently nurture ourselves. Thank you. It's really, um, I'm just so grateful that I get to share this process of being human, figuring it all out. You can find the Redefining Success Journal along with Viana's lifestyle and food blog at www.vianama.com. Follow her parenthood journey at viana.novus on Instagram and her 10 minutes of creativity challenge at Viana Every Day. And you can join in the fun too by sharing your creative expression on Instagram using the hashtag 10 minutes of creativity. Music for this episode is Harem by Forrest Vale, who's one of the featured artists on Spirit House Records, a radically artist-friendly record label for witches, healers, and free spirits. Check them out at spirithouse.bandcamp.com. See you next time. Mm-hmm.